No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we conclude the fascinating story of Balaam with one of the most amazing prophecies ever given about Christ. But we'll also see how Balaam would always be remembered in infamy. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Numbers chapter 23 on Simply the Bible. We come today to the last of Balaam's prophecies that were spoken while he overlooked the camp of Israel. These are some of the most beautiful prophecies in the Bible, and they are spoken from the lips of someone who would prove to be a notorious sinner. It is possible for someone to be so close to God and yet so far away. Balak, the king of Moab, had hired Balaam to pronounce curses on Israel, but Balaam had only blessed them. We pick it up in Numbers 23, 27. Then Balak said to Balaam, Please come, I will take you to another place. Perhaps it will please God that you may curse them for me from there. So Balak took Balaam to the top of Peor that overlooks the wasteland. Then Balaam said to Balak, Build for me here seven altars and prepare for me here seven bulls and seven rams. And Balak did as Balaam had said and offered a bull and a ram on every altar. So Balak was thinking, well, I could do this at another place and do another offering and maybe God will change his mind. But it was going to be the same story. God would not change his mind. Now Balak took Balaam to Mount Peor, which was the mountain where Baal was worshipped. And he now offered a third offering of seven bulls and seven rams. Chapter 24. Now when Balaam saw that it pleased the Lord to bless Israel, he did not go as at other times to seek to use sorcery, but he set his face toward the wilderness. And Balaam raised his eyes and saw Israel encamped according to their tribes. And the Spirit of God came upon him. Then he took up his oracle and said, The utterance of Balaam the son of Beor, the utterance of the man whose eyes are opened, the utterance of him who hears the words of God, who sees the vision of the Almighty, who falls down with eyes wide open. How lovely are your tents, O Jacob, your dwellings, O Israel, like valleys that stretch out, like gardens by the riverside, like aloes planted by the Lord, like cedars beside the waters. He shall pour water from his buckets, and his seed shall be in many waters. His king shall be higher than Agag, and his kingdom shall be exalted. God brings him out of Egypt. He has strength like a wild ox. He shall consume the nations, his enemies. He shall break their bones and pierce them with his arrows. He bows down. He lies down as a lion, and as a lion... Who shall rouse him? Blessed is he who blesses you, and cursed is he who curses you. We're told that when Balaam knew that it pleased the Lord to bless Israel, that no longer did he use sorcery. That Hebrew word could also be translated enchantments or divination. 
Divination was the attempt to use supernatural means to discover events without influencing them. The sorcerer sought to compel a god, demon, or spirit to do work for him, which could involve placing curses or spells on people. Balaam was familiar with these occult practices, but he now abandoned them because of the direct revelation he received from God. When he abandoned his sorcery, the Spirit of the Lord came upon him. The effect of the Spirit of God coming upon a person is that his eyes are open. He hears the words of God. He has a real vision of the Almighty, and he falls down in worship. And all these things happen to Balaam. This is the essence of spiritual revival, but it doesn't happen until we first abandon our own methods of spirituality. As Balaam looked out over the camp of Israel, he uttered such beautiful words. How lovely are your tents, like valleys that stretch out, like gardens by the riverside, like aloes planted by the Lord, like cedars beside the waters. As Balaam's eyes were open and he heard the words of God, he saw Israel as God saw Israel, sort of like from a heaven's eye view. From the vista on top of Mount Peor, the tents of Jacob probably looked like a sea of black, not exactly lovely to the natural eye. And the children of Israel were far from perfect, 38 years earlier, God had said that they had tested him 10 times. And more recently, when they complained, God sent fiery serpents who bit them and many died. But God also had Moses make a bronze serpent on a pole. And if the people would just look at it, then they would live. This pointed to the crucifixion of Christ, where atonement for sin would be made once and for all. Therefore, God saw no blackness or ugliness in Israel. He saw only beauty and fruitfulness. Did that mean that God would never again discipline his people for their wrongdoing? Of course not. But it did mean that no one could bring a charge or a curse against God's people whom he had redeemed. How this speaks to our position in Jesus Christ. As the Beloved says to his bride in the Song of Solomon, How fair and how pleasant you are, O love, with your delights. The Apostle Paul expresses the same sentiment so well in Ephesians chapter 1. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, by which he made us accepted in the beloved. In addition, Paul shows how protected we are from Satan's accusations and curses against us, In Romans 8.33, he says, Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen, 
who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. What beautiful words flowed from the lips of Balaam, who otherwise would prove to be a scoundrel. But God is able to speak through anyone. He also said that Israel would pour water from his buckets. The water here speaks of blessing by which Israel would be a blessing to the nations. His seed in many waters. And of course, many waters always speaks of the nations of the world. Israel's king would be higher than Agag. Agag was the king of Amalek, the chief nation of that day. Amalek does not exist today, but Israel does. This is proof that Balaam's prophecy has been fulfilled. And Israel's king, the Messiah, ultimately, Jesus Christ, is greater than all. He shall consume the nations. He bows down like a lion. Who shall rouse him? The lion can lie down in broad daylight out in the open field because he has no fear of any predator coming after him. Then Balaam said, Blessed is he who blesses Israel, and cursed is he who curses him. This is a repetition of the covenant blessing that God had given to Abraham. Verse 10, Then Balak's anger was aroused against Balaam, and he struck his hands together. And Balak said to Balaam, I called you to curse my enemies, and look, you have bountifully blessed them these three times. Now therefore flee to your place. I said I would greatly honor you, but in fact, the Lord has kept you back from honor. So Balaam said to Balak, Did I not also speak to your messengers, whom you sent to me, saying, If Balak were to give me his house full of silver and gold, I could not go beyond the word of the Lord to do good or bad of my own will? What the Lord says, that I must speak. And now, indeed, I'm going to my people. Come, I will advise you what this people will do to your people in the latter days. Verse 15. So he took up his oracle and said, The utterance of Balaam, the son of Beor, and the utterance of the man whose eyes are opened, the utterance of him who hears the words of God and has the knowledge of the Most High, who sees the vision of the Almighty, who falls down with eyes wide open. I see him but not now. I behold him, but not near. A star shall come out of Jacob, a scepter shall rise out of Israel, and batter the brow of Moab, and destroy all the sons of Tumult. And Edom shall be a possession, Seir also his enemies shall be a possession, while Israel does valiantly. Out of Jacob one shall have dominion, and destroy the remains of the city. Wow, the king of Moab got way more than he bargained for. Balaam said, look, this guy who comes out of Israel is going to beat you up, Moab. But it's such a beautiful prophecy because it speaks of the star that would come from Jacob and the scepter, the king who would rise out of Israel. It would be probably 1,500 years later when Wise men from the east reading this prophecy would come to Jerusalem to King Herod saying, Where is he who is born king of the Jews? For we saw his star. Finally, 
Balaam would prophesy against the surrounding nations. Verse 20, Then he looked on Amalek, and he took up his oracle and said, Amalek was first among the nations, but shall be last until he perishes. And then he looked on the Kenites, and he took up his oracle and said, Firm is your dwelling place, and your nest is set in the rock. Nevertheless, Cain shall be burned. How long until Asher carries you away captive? And then he took up his oracle and said, Alas, who shall live when God does this? But ships shall come from the coasts of Cyprus, and they shall afflict Ashur and afflict Eber, and so shall Amalek until he perishes. So in short, Israel, along with other nations, would wipe out the inhabitants of the land of Canaan, according to Balaam's prophecy. So Balaam rose and departed and returned to his place. Balak also went his way. End of story, right? Well, not exactly. If this was all that we had, then we would conclude that Balaam obeyed the word of the Lord and stuck to what God had told him. But in truth, Balaam gave Balak some other advice. Off the record. And we will see in the next chapter what advice Balaam gave to Balak that would make Balaam a notorious sinner in the eyes of God and an everlasting example of wickedness. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to any previous episodes, go to 941thevoice.com, click on Program Archives, and scroll down to Simply the Bible. Next week, we'll see what happens when Balak follows Balaam's advice and sends the Moabite women into the camp of Israel. We hope you'll join us as we continue through the book of Numbers on Simply the Bible. 